We're all here, Momo. She's right. We all came back. You know, I told you guys to go for a reason. We heard you, Morgan. But you're wrong. No matter what you think, we need you. Well, don't get off as easy as you thought. shouldn't be doing this. I'm afraid it's too late for that. We already are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. And this is The Walking Dead cast episode 326. Only two more episodes. Actually, only one more. We're in the only penultimate. And then yeah. it's on to The Walking Dead. Are you excited to get into season nine? Yeah, it feels like not much time has passed at all. I know. It seems to have come really quickly. Is it happening straight away? It seems like they just announced that um angela kang is the new showrunner and all of a sudden they've got episodes ready like the next day <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah i think it is i think uh yeah i think i think so yeah in two oh, weeks yeah that makes sense because we're at the friggin end of september right aren't we? Exactly. So, yeah wow okay yeah main show <laughs> Insane. um i'm pretty sure karen i haven't talked to her we're actually meeting up this weekend to talk about you know the future of the podcast and everything. And mm-hmm. my guess is that she'll want to do episodes, but not all of them. So I'd love to have mm-hmm. you come on and sub in for walking dead proper sometime if you want to. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I would be totally up for that. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, I should mention that this episode's made possible by Patreon supporters like Evan Brookman, who pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you to Evan. Who's been Woo, Evan. listening since way, way back in the day. I also want to mention that you guys might have heard some really crappy news about Telltale, and I do plan on talking about that quite a bit, but that'll be in the news section. So 
if you want. Oh, I haven't heard this. Oh man, yeah, it's not good. Well, you should stay oh. uh, stick around for the new section too if you want to hear about it. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, let's get into the podcast. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Fear the Walking Dead Season 4, Episode 15, I Lose People. I, I, I almost lost Nico one time. We were at a, an amusement park. <laughs> he was two years old. I bought a ticket, turned around, and he was gone. And I was oh. like, Nico! I started screaming and everybody was like staring at me and I was so scared. And he just like wandered over and was staring at some roller coaster or something. Oh, bless him. We lost our cat once, but it turned out he'd gotten under the floorboards and had gotten oh into the God. roof of our downstairs neighbors. It was <laughs> it was exciting, uh, stressful and exciting. <laughs> we, I lost a cat once and uh, he we found him after many hours of searching, just sleeping in the back of a drawer. Yep, they love that, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So we're not just avoiding the topic of this of the episode because we don't want to talk about it, right? Like, what did you think in general? Um, I think I liked it better than last week's. Mm-hmm. I thought it was quite a simple episode. Like there was an objective, and they achieved it, and that's cool. I just, yeah, I did. I don't really know if I've got much more of a kind of insightful view than that there were things i really liked about it and things i didn't like so much but it was a solid kind of high threes for me 3.6 3.7 maybe okay i mean yeah i think you're right simple is a good word because i did feel this was really simple but it 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 gave me a good feeling and Mm -hmm. that's worth something you know it was like especially yeah. towards the end i'm like oh yeah man this i'm really getting into this this is cool and it was kind of predictable which isn't always good but it's not always bad either like if it's done well no. and i'm sure you know there's some things that were um, pretty ridiculous but overall i ended up coming away from this episode feeling good so i'll take that as a win good. and i'll give it we're a both... 2.7 no, i'm just kidding uh- <laughs> <laughs> i give it like a 3.8 Okay, cool. That's cool. We're on the same page. Let's see how that works out. Yeah, that's weird. Even we'll probably I... both hate the thing that the other person really liked and vice versa. Yeah, that's true. Okay, right on. What's your number five? Um, I think I'll start with what the highlight for me of the episode was, and that was actually uh, Sarah. I really like Sarah's character. Um, I think she came into her own this episode. Um, loath though I am to see the shows merge, I would like to see Sarah have a conversation with Carol. I feel like the two of them would get on quite well. <laughs> um, I like the way she Wait, was. One thing about those two. Uh, Sarah, well, we don't know Sarah too well. But my first th- thing about Carol, especially when she meets new people, is she puts on a mask. And mm-hmm. not always, but a lot of times. And, you know, to, to kind of guard herself and be strategic and everything just mm-hmm. in case you can't trust the person sarah maybe she does that too actually we don't know but my she seems pretty just kind of lays it all out there you know what i mean i think so but i think she's quite perceptive and i think she's yeah. also quite one of the things i noticed this episode is she's quite measured like That's there were a true. couple of times yeah. where she could have really hit the fucking roof but she didn't she was just yeah like, you could okay. see stuff like going she... on underneath and then 
Uh-huh. She comes out with her she, measured response. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, okay, cool, Jimbo. Fuck you then. And I kind of right, walks nice off, like, you. just really, right? Yeah, great. Okay, if you're going to be a dick, you're going to be a dick, kind of thing. Right. So I enjoyed that very much. I quite like um, Mo Collins' portrayal of her. I think she's just, I like what she brings to the group. It's simple. I don't know if there's, you know, a bigger agenda or something like that behind it all. I don't think she's a Carol in that sense, but I like how composed she is about things yeah how decisive she can be and that she doesn't sometimes you need characters who maybe don't have the sort of swinging highs and lows of the other characters yeah. like your john dory's and your your sarah's you morgan people even who are yeah exactly like you need people like john dory and sarah who are kind of you know they're they're decent people in the middle who don't necessarily ever fall into the trap of complete and utter ruin in the way that Morgan has, but maybe aren't necessarily the ultimate badasses that somebody like Carol is. Um, you know, they're just they're they're kind of nice, warm, soft humans in the middle sort of thing. Um, yeah. And I like that. I thought I thought it worked. Yeah, I, I think yeah, like uh they're solid. And I know like I think mm-hmm. um you and I are probably more on the Morgan side maybe. <laughs> yeah and uh, but i know people who are more like sarah who are just kind of solid and you know i'm sure we'll find out more what's underneath but i think yeah Mm -hmm. i totally agree with what you're saying it's nice to have a good balance of those different types of characters and i say al is more in the sarah direction but not all the way that way yeah i like when people are what you know they make a decision and they stick to it and i kind of think she's put her Sarah, that is, has put her lot in with Morgan and that's who she's loyal to now. It's it's as simple as that. She's kind of found someone to to follow or to listen to or just to to participate in a group with. And I think that that's cool. Yeah. I could see her going off on her own if it, the second it's not working out for her, though. I feel like she's got an internal locus of control. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think she's one of those people who's maybe attracted to where the power is, but maybe not in as cynical a way as that. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's like what we said the first week she turned up about, you know, the biggest bully gets the followers or the, the you know, the toughest guy gets the gang. And with Morgan kind of showing that he is actually super capable and super powerful in that perspective, she's kind of like yeah yeah okay, she's like i'll hitch my uh trailer to this truck for a while and see where it goes this looks interesting yeah exactly yeah. and i like her kind of refusal to give in to sort of the darkness of characters like jimbo i think <laughs> there were moments where he was being really quite you know <laughs> quite bleak in this episode understandably because to be fair to him he did know he was about to die which is a horrible feeling i can't imagine what that must feel like but she kind of goes for the levity of the situation. Yeah. And I quite like that. With Wendell too, I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, not as dark as Jim, but Wendell, I feel like they balance each other out that she she probably helps him uh, keep it lighter. Absolutely. And I really hope this isn't the prelude to one of them losing the other because it's always seems to happen oh, when I you know. get introduced to a unit or a couple or right. siblings. Like They kind of remind me a bit of Tyrese and Sasha in that kind of brother-sister thing. Um, but you know, hopefully not. Yeah. It seems like someone's going to die next week. I mean, we talked about that before, right? Like Mm. I'm afraid it's going to be June. I hope to hell it's not John. Um, but now that you mention 
you know, Wendell or Sarah, I suppose it could be one of them. I think it would almost be more interesting if Sarah died. Yeah, because... but then we wouldn't get to see her anymore. I know, I know, I like, <laughs> I really like her, but I think in terms of leaving someone who, she's by no means a carer for Wendell, but breaking up that kind of unit of knowing what the other one needs and having him in a situation with new people and having to kind of, them having to adjust to the requirements that he has yeah. in these particular situations. I think it would be quite interesting, but yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping that, you know, the twist next week or whatever is going to be that they don't head to Virginia or there's a good reason to stay or something. Mm-hmm. Or Madison and Nick turn up. I don't know, <laughs> one or the other. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I didn't actually see the preview for next week, so I'm kind of talking in the Me dark neither. here. So, Oh, okay, cool. We're both talking. I mean, then. it really seems like, yeah, it's going to be... Because right now, if not for Martha, mm-hmm. everything is kind of okay. I mean, they're missing out. And she's, yeah, and she's getting weaker. Like, there's a bit of threat there, but well, she's I, physically quite weak. She is, but I, I think that she's going to be the fly in the ointment next week. I think it's, like, if not yeah. if not for her, they would just need to find Al and get on with to Virginia. But I think she might really, I mean, it's possible that it feels like things are coming together in a peaceful way and she might be the one that really messes that up next week. That's what I feel like is going to happen somehow. Yeah, she may not survive it, but yeah. I think that's almost definitely, mm-hmm. definitely going to be the case. Oh, oh I'm a bit <laughs> nervous now. I know. But, um, yeah, my, my number five was definitely Sarah. I liked her. I mean, the way this show has broken my heart a few times lately, then I think next week probably John Dory, Strand, and Alicia are all going to die. No. <laughs> and Sarah. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, my number five, I'll just go straight to Jim. <laughs> yeah. Because this was a big Jim episode. and It was. It was pretty much his, in, in a way, it was kind of his episode. Kind of, yeah. It was yeah. his about his arc from being just a straight up, selfish asshole into committing this one last selfless act Mm -hmm. and i i felt bad for him because the one thing he said was i don't want to be a zombie and now he's one so it's kind of that is one of my notes i really hoped when she was writing on his face at the end that he was dead like dead dead you know like he he smashed his head or whatever but no did you try to read his face to see if you could find the secret ingredient uh, <laughs> no, I but I wish I had now. I mean, it was kind of indecipherable. I think Martha knows it, so. Ugh, well, maybe she'll go off and make her own beer and just you know do the thing. But right. yeah, I was I was sad that that happened to him. I did. Think I know. That was a bit rough, especially when he'd done something so useful at the end. And I just I still like uh, you know at my heart I'm I got into all this stuff because I'm a zombie fan and so yeah. I've thought about it and a lot as we all have. But I just think potentially the worst fate would be to be stuck as a zombie because you might just be in a living hell and have some oh. like minor consciousness about it yeah yeah no i completely agree it's, it's you can see that's that is the real fear for people isn't it? it's almost like death is obviously it's a big a big scary awful thing but it's the thought of just continuing to exist in that limbo not yeah. jimbo and limbo sorry not funny. <laughs> that's but- great <laughs> Jimbo He's in Jimbo Limbo. Limbo. <laughs> uh, so Morgan, when Morgan said to Jim, I just want to say that you can't do anything about the fact you're going to die. I love that. Just be straight. Like, 
you know what? Yeah. It's going to happen. But you can decide exactly how you go. And I thought, oh, that's kind of trite. And it's very predictable now that Jim's probably going to redeem himself. And I don't like predictable things. But I also wanted Jim to redeem himself. So I yeah. was a little conflicted. But overall, I was glad he did. I think the brave thing for the show would have been for him to go out as an asshole. And I, I feel like Dave that's something Dave Erickson, the former showrunner, would have, would have maybe done. Because things... I- you know what I mean? Yeah. There was a part of me when he was like, hold it up to your ear, Sarah, that he was just going to be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, or Good luck finding or, like, that last a, ingredient. Or like make a fart noise or something. I was like, I totally right. Here's that, my but... philosophy. Here's my awesome. philosophy. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it, it goes in with what you said about being simple, but sometimes that's what you really want is just for that yes moment and so i was glad i mean i i like the symmetry of him pissing off the roof at first which i thought was yeah. a great moment actually i want to piss on all it was these very um Tyrion from game of thrones <laughs> yeah. except even the better if there had been a bunch of um white walkers white below. walkers <laughs> Oh so, my god, it would probably like steam if it all, never mind. Okay, sorry, I'm being gross. I've been but, hanging out with boys all weekend. I'm being gross. <laughs> and, and that in and of itself was awesome. Like, oh yeah, we've never seen anyone piss out a bunch of zombies. I don't think ever. So that that was really cool. Yeah. And th- but then, you know, to um have the symmetry of then at the end he and 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 Morgan was afraid he was going to jump off, but he wasn't and then later he did get back up there to jump off and he had said, I've decided that, you know, this will be better than pissing in the wind. So it was kind of a poetic symmetry to that. I did I did like the poetry of it, but I did find the dialogue a little bit, I don't know, I really have it in for the dialogue in this show I now, know. but the kind of like, Me too. Uh, this beat's pissing in the wind. It was like something out of a Jerry Bruckheimer film or something, <laughs> or a Michael Bay movie. Um, but no, it was, it was acceptable. It's a good sentiment though. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, pissing in the wind means... You're just whatever you're doing you're is nothing. a worthless yeah. waste, and he's like, exactly. "No, I'm actually going to be useful here." So yeah. even though it is a bit like trite or whatever, it also I think it's in Jim's character to be kind of earnest like that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's sort of like <laughs> true. He's, it, like he's the only like what they were saying at the end about like he would hate the name for that whiskey. Like he takes himself quite seriously. And I do think he's the kind of person who would, you know, do that with no sense of irony. Like yeah. the rest of us might do it and be like, oh, yeah, this is pretty <laughs> ironic. You know, go on without me. I'm so sick. It's my first day in the army. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas he's like, no, this is what I have to do. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Go out as you went in. <laughs> but that I think that's almost being charitable to the I think it's just. Yeah, it was just bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's not horrible in my opinion, but yeah, it's simple. No, no. But um. I I did like that he had this at this pissy attitude, no pun mm-hmm. intended, throughout this whole thing because yes, he's he's been bitten, he's going to die. He kind of thinks that you know he had just wanted to go to Virginia, and Morgan dragged him into this dangerous mi- mission with people he doesn't care about, and so he kind of blames him, which is kind of douchey, but still, I I, I just think that in the zombie apocalypse there would be much more of this kind of thing where you know you're gonna die and you're just fucking lashing out at everybody around you you know oh for sure yeah i think it's really oh yeah no i agree i think it's much more kind of realistic and yeah no i'm I'm with you on that i completely Mm. agree with that but it was nice that he said take it from an asshole 
just yeah. a little bit of self-awareness here. He knows. And then he got into, he said, death is a certainty, but getting out from shit you've done isn't. So that told me yeah. that he actually has some, he knows he's not been an angel. He has some guilt about it. And he's even afraid to try and do anything about it because he's not sure it's going to do any good. But I think the reason why he changed his mind, well, why do you think he changed his mind and became selfless? I like to think that in that actual moment before you die, you do reach that. Right. I would hope I would. That's what I thought in that moment. Yeah. I I like to think that that, you know, when you're faced with that inevitability, it's like, actually, I've got nothing left to lose. And I think, you know, whether you're religious or not, and, you know, just for the sake of uh, transparency, I'm not, I'm a humanist. But I think, you know, if there's any part of you that believes that there's something after it, then you want to do all that you can in those last moments to <laughs> go out well. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to go. It's like not going to sleep angry. It's like you don't want to go horribly into the next stage, whatever that will be. And I think, yeah, I think that kind of fear kind of humanizes people. And in that moment, I like to think that you know you're you're going to do the right thing. You're going to do the good thing. Yeah, but. I would hope I would. And not just yeah. because of, I mean, there's an, there's a non altruistic reasons, like what you just mentioned, trying to set yourself up for the afterlife. But also I think that he saw that Morgan had all these people coming back and wanting to risk their lives to save him. And he's, he, he, I think that was also part of it. He realized, well, I want to be the yeah. kind of person that people want to come back for. But in the end, he knows he's going to die and he even risked the thing he didn't want, which was becoming a zombie. So he really put yeah. himself out there. I mean, that really was a sacrifice in mm-hmm. that sense. Cause that is, you know, Morgan couldn't have, he was giving up his chance for Morgan to, to do that for him. Um, I think Jimbo, I was glad he didn't go too far down the road of blaming Morgan. He did blame him, but it's like his heart wasn't in yeah. it by the end. Even he was saying, hey, yeah, you should feel bad, but you better go. Not that bad. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Don't make it so you're going to feel bad about these people, too. He was trying to help Morgan. And I like that Morgan maybe didn't go fully down the Morgan despair tunnel, because that was my fear, was that this would be the thing that would set him off down the, it's gonna be Martha. the path of... Yeah, and I, I like that it was Morgan was more reasonable with himself than that. He was like, you know, I I didn't kill. He definitely felt guilty, and you know, you would. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have a sense when I saw the title of the episode. I thought this was going to be, you know, he was going to be a gibbering wreck off the side of the building sort of thing. But yeah. it was more restrained than that. Well, next and, week is I lose myself. So yeah, but he didn't lose people this time. Yeah, so no, maybe you won't just lose a Jimbo. Yeah, person. But you know, I felt I I actually I prefer I liked Jimbo more this week than I did last week. Mm-hmm. Even in his so, pettiness. Even in his pettiness, I kind of I gave him a bit of slack this week. So I was like, well, if I'd been bitten by a zombie and you, I was <laughs> gonna die. I'd be pretty annoyed as well. I was just thinking, like you know, we talked about how uh, Al sent June off to get the tapes under false pretenses into a really dangerous, life-threatening yeah. situation. What if Jim had sent somebody off to get his beer recipe or something like that? <laughs> We'd have been like, God damn it, Jim. Oh, <laughs> Why are you such a dick? <laughs> Speaking of beer, this is my last sort of segment on this is um, I love that he said the recipe. He kind of rattled yeah. it off and it sounded really fancy with like Belgian and French saison yeast yeah. and Slovenian pellets and all that. And yeah. I liked, and he said there's love in there too, which was 
kind of nah, I guess. I don't know. Oh my god, my it's notes. Trite. I knew, okay. I knew this would happen. I knew we would disagree. Well, no, well, not disagree. But my notes literally say, "This recipe, oh, don't be love, don't be love. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? It's fucking love." Fucking <laughs> but the way you said it, but there's love in there the too. If you can it. believe it, like a, yeah. from a person I, I, like me, you know. He delivered it well, I have to say. It was just <laughs> yeah. like, like I think it yeah, he delivered it true to character, which is enough. Like the beer with paired with this character, it it seemed a little trivial at first, but when he talks about the beer, I love it and I totally buy into it. He says, uh, this is an exceptional brew, packs a nutritional punch, prevents waterborne disease, extremely refreshing, yeah. and it contains a high enough alcohol content to pr- provide a welcome buzz. I'm like, yes, man, if I was in the ZA, mm-hmm. I-, I would want Jim there making me some beer because I think it would totally improve the quality of life as long as you well, didn't overdo about, it. Yeah, and I think it's about keeping, it's about the point of living, isn't it? It's about it's the point of yeah. living just to survive or is it to enjoy and thrive and beer is a symbol of the ability to enjoy and thrive and it sort of marks out that that element it sets us apart in a way from just kind of a hand-to-mouth existence and yeah no I'm, I'm with you on that I think it's a uh, and I do think in the zombie apocalypse people who have a trade are immensely more valuable in some ways than others like we were joking about this the other day like if i was in the zombie i'd be absolutely no use i'd be like what could i be a traveling bard i could write poems i could like analyze what was happening within two days yeah i mean i'd be funny (laughs) (laughs) but i would definitely be killed off really quick i mean we were we were staying we were away this weekend on the isle of sky up in the north of scotland and we were staying in a house that was like for sure haunted we just had a discussion quickly about which of our group of friends would die first, and I think I was pretty, I was pretty close mm. to the the like first tier of people getting killed off there because, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't have anything hugely practical to offer, but someone with a trade like making beer or being a baker or someone who can mm. construct something useful, you know that that's invaluable. Yeah. And, you know, in today's society, we get less and less of that, and um, we're kind of going full circle. And I admire people who um, throw themselves into something passionately and and really um, make something out of it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I well, you do that yourself, Jason, with all your podcasts. I guess, but that's not really going to help us in the zombie apocalypse. Eh, well, you know, if we get a Terminus set up, you could be the person on the microphone. Saying, come on, it's great. Come to Terminus. <laughs> 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 Those who arrive, survive. Uh, the last thing is I just liked when they were trying to figure out what to name the beer and because I've had moments like that even like related to podcasting where you're trying to come up with mm-hmm. ideas and everybody's oh God, yeah. throwing stuff out and it's like no nah, I don't know and then somebody throws out something and you're like it's kind of crazy and silly but yes <laughs> you know I like it and I liked that it was antagonistic in an affectionate mm-hmm. way the way like, when yeah, Morgan said that. Oh, Jimbo's beer bros, he would totally hate that. But it was almost like, yeah, but this is what it needs to be because he's too he's takes himself too seriously and Exactly. This is perfect. <laughs> and it was their sign of like the the nicknames are Sarah's way of showing affection. I think in a weird yeah. sort of way. You know, yeah. it's, sort it's of like thing. when you tease somebody that takes themselves too seriously and you're like, Come on, man. Yeah. It's not out of hate. It's like cause you want him to just loosen up a little bit. And I loved, like, to tie our number fives together, I loved that Sarah hesitated before siding off on the walkie-talkie with Jimbo because she kind of knew 
that when she signed off, that was... Oh, I didn't notice that. That was it. And awesome. I just thought, oh, that's really sweet. I love that yeah. she he had a secret ingredient because I, yeah. I really did like it that he said the whole recipe. But I don't know. There's just something great about the one thing that none of us get to hear except for her. I'm super, super worried that it's we or something like that. Like, he's like, it's my own piss. <laughs> I thought like, about oh, that great. too, but no. Yeah. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what like, it is. What is like, it? It can't be that. It's zombie brains. <laughs> zombie brains. I don't know. Like liquid ecstasy i'm not sure right. <laughs> it's like ketamine something or weird. something <laughs> <laughs> okay what's your uh number four okay so my number four was there were just a couple of really brief moments of close combat zombies that i thought were really cool um so not close combat but a nice close-up at the start of the episode was a zombie just kind of walking straight into the camera um, and I quite liked that. They had kind of a wasted face and just, mm. it was just a nice looking Zed. I liked that. It's good. This show does better filming of zombies than Walking Dead ever has, in my opinion. I I think that's, yeah, I would agree with that, to be honest. I think um, after that, the two close combats that I thought were really cool were when Morgan was getting off the roof, the one that smashed through the window at him. I was genuinely worried for Morgan for a minute. I mean, my yeah. logical brain wasn't because I was like, obviously Morgan's not going to die. But my kind of mm. just watching TV in an impassive way brain was like, oh my God, how's he not going to get bitten? That's awful. So yeah. I really like that kind of combat there. And I love that scene in particular because I you think that, okay, here's where uh, Jim is going to jump in and do something. And then yeah. it's John Dory with his sharpshooting, which... Oh, I always love that about him and we haven't seen it in a while and I forgot about it. So mm -hmm. it was a great little surprise. It was almost like John getting his mojo back a little bit mm -hmm. as well. Because he was a bit kind of Murr at the start of the episode. Yeah. And he was like, nah, I'm going to do this. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and just that cut straight into just a really good bit of... Because I think I learned a few seasons ago and I don't know if this is the case for every close combat thing, but I was watching... It might have been something like Talking Dead, um, and it showed like Denai Guerrera cutting the head off a zombie, and it's actually like you know it's only half a katana, and they add the rest in in post. You know, there's obviously I didn't think she was actually cutting the heads off extras, but do you know what I mean? There's a lot less goes into it than happens in post processing. So I really liked just after that scene with Morgan, we cut to Luciana and Alicia, and Luciana almost gets bitten by a zombie and um, partly because she's not wearing her hair up which really annoyed me but anyway that's another story <laughs> um, and alicia sort of saves her in the middle of fighting another zombie and it was just very smooth and very slick yeah, she and lucy was that when luciana used her hatchet yes yeah yeah she used her hatchet then she kind of fell back onto another zombie that yeah it was just it was done so smoothly and so neatly that i was just like you know what small moments like that are so annoying because they show the quality this show could have mm -hmm. um, but then other things happen that mean it doesn't but yeah no I really enjoyed that I thought the zombie moments were particularly good in this episode particularly those ones yeah me too yeah and even just seeing them all grouped together and everything was visually yeah. cool the logistics sometimes not so much but yeah yeah okay <laughs> the visual of them all um coming out the lift was pretty awesome as well yeah the lift doors opening i like that okay number four um 
I think that the season after, you know, uh, I mentioned this before, but Madison died and that was like a bomb going off and suddenly you have all these characters who does it really make sense for them to be together. And so the back half of the season has been sort of figuring out how to make them want to come together as a group. And Mm -hmm. Morgan really came in and helped sort of try to facilitate that. And I think that's what this episode did was they were moved by Morgan wanting to make that happen And then when he was stuck and said, you know, he just feels so guilty about everything he's done that he wanted to at least save them. And they were moved by that, too. So that's really that that impulse or whatever you want to call it of his is what motivated all of them to come together to save him. And I think this was a bonding experience for the group. Did you get that feeling? Absolutely, yeah. Actually, he was the driving force that brought them all together, and I was like, "That's what Morgan is good for." That is, he may not be a leader, but he does bring people together, mm-hmm. and, and that's nice. And I, um, I don't know if anybody cares, but that's been really something with me my whole life. Like, I feel like I want to bring groups of people together, and even people who might not necessarily normally hang out. And that's yeah. one thing I love about podcasting. So I was really moved by that. Even the 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 walkie talkie scene, where, because I love that you don't actually see the whole group get together. They've been apart for the last several episodes and you don't know for sure that they're all together. But you find out when Morgan finds out because one by one, they each come on to their walkie talkie. I'm here for you. Now, me too. I and they love that. Miraculously yeah. don't talk over one another, which is uh, OK. Suspend my disbelief, poetic license. But it just felt good. <laughs> <laughs> it was proper fellowship of the ring like yeah. my axe i was like right. yeah. exactly <laughs> and my little spiky thing from the top of a gun yeah. whatever it is yeah <laughs> it's like morgan calls for aid and gondor will answer yeah that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> and so no, now I, I think i mean who knows what's going to happen next week martha might just blow this all up but it feels more like okay i can see this group existing as a cohesive group now for the first time and, and Absolutely. I, I like that but I also liked when uh, Strand and Alicia first saw each other and oh that moment was wonderful yeah. and I think uh, he said are you okay or she said are you okay and he yeah you and they both looked kind of shell shocked but there was definite connection there and it felt yeah. like it could equally be these two characters and what they've been through and also the two actors who probably haven't worked yeah. with each other in a while but their show kind of got uh shaken up really hard and these are the only two actors left (laughs) yep yep not that we project our emotions onto these characters but i definitely know what you mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was a great great moment and and this also episode two is um strand coming around to uh, being interested in being part of a group again and i don't know i just i liked it a lot it seemed like they just sort of said okay now we're gonna have strand be interested again but i guess he just needed some time to i found strand being like that slightly more believable than i found depressed john dory i was like john would never Mm -hmm. be depressed he would never do that why are you doing this i liked when he said you know i used to even though it's kind of on the nose but explain he said i i was on an island before metaphorically and it took june to bring me out of it and now you know he'd lost some hope so he was sort of reverting back to his old self and then when they were like holding hands he was just beaming. It's like being a teenager again or something. Oh my god, his something. grin. He's 
he's just got this cute little boyish grin that's on my notes as well i was like oh the angel why (laughs) so that was a really good moment that's why i think one of them's gonna die before too long (laughs) yeah i mean like 500 percent but you know we'll enjoy it what we can (laughs) Mm -hmm. so now they're all together they need to find um althea and then morgan wants to take them to virginia and and they're all like well where do we go next so it totally makes sense for morgan to be like well this is what we're gonna do and yeah as an audience we all know well there's a sort of good community back there i i, I think it totally makes <laughs> sense like yeah. yeah i don't know do you really want to go with rick grimes but yeah but i mean it makes some amount of sense that morgan would want to take them there and so i found myself being fully on board with that even though i don't I'm not ready to see these shows merge together. So obviously something is going to happen to derail this, but I do wonder if, I mean, the ratings aren't getting any better. They're getting worse if they are planning. I mean, this really makes me feel like maybe they'll oh, go they another season be. and then they'll m- merge the shows and, and hopefully I think that's, strand will yeah. be alive and we'll get to see that's I, for some reason strand is the one that I most want to see uh, merge. What about you? Yeah, I was going to ask you literally that exact same question. Um, Strand, I would like to see merge. Um, I guess John. I mean, all of them. It'd be John, interesting. <laughs> John, just because I know Garrett Dillahunt is such a huge fan of the show. I'm just like, oh, it'd be great if he would get to finally be actually on <laughs> oh, the he, show. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he already was. Yeah, no, he he was. That's why his name was in the ring for Negan originally okay. was because I think he'd explicitly said, oh, that's a role I'd really like to play. Um, so, yeah. Um. I'd quite like to see Alicia, to be honest, as well. I mean, there's nobody in that group who I wouldn't want to see, if that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. if I had to pick one, I might go for Alicia just because... Yeah, I'd like to see Alicia. I don't think there's anyone... I'd I'd like to see her interact with people like Tara and the Oceansiders and Mm -hmm. people like that and how that would play out. But, I mean, my suspicion is... That they've been granted this extra season, well, not extra season, but they've been granted another season with season five, and I feel like that season is going to be building up to emerge at the yeah. end of that season. Um, I do too. Which is, ugh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm, at the moment I'm feeling okay about it, but I wonder if Morgan won't make it back, right. and they go for him. If that makes sense, they're like, I we knew Morgan. That. Yeah, yeah, I but, can see that because there's a lot of moment where you want to see something happen on the show and they kind of break your heart and that's kind of what the show is sometimes yeah or even you know if morgan arrives and certain people aren't there who he expects to be there or thought would be there Mm -hmm. uh that could be quite heartbreaking as well i'm just Mm -hmm. like yeah but they seem as a group that does seem to be the way they're headed and i liked very much that they didn't just have al just like disappear and be like where is she it's like she left a note like fuck this i'm gonna take the free elevator (laughs) which i quite liked because i'm fed up of the kind of are they dead oh no they're alive thing i'd rather just have someone do something useful like leave a note or give an indication where they're going and then we can figure it out (laughs) you know yeah and with her being gone um yeah, I'm I'm invested. I'm I'm not like, oh my god, I hope they find Al, but I'm like, yeah, I hope they find yeah. Al. <laughs> I was pissed off at the end briefly when I thought they were they were like just leaving. But then it, when they spoke about it, they were like, "Oh, obviously we'll find Al." Yeah, that's do this. First. And I was like, "Oh, thank god. Phew. Okay." Right. I mean, they do have the van her van, which is a nice bit of irony. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only one not in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, "Oh, we should probably return this to her." Like <laughs> Okay, where are we? Number 3, right? 
Yep, okay, so number three for me leads quite nicely into mine. I like the moments of collective action in this episode. I thought it was a nice way of showing that working together does get things done. I loved the bit where everyone was um, feeding in on the walkie-talkies. I thought that was absolutely... It just it tickled my heart. It made me feel very happy about mm-hmm. things. Um, they had the right yeah. music in there too, just to set yeah. the mood and everything. <laughs> they really did. I just think, yeah, it was just a lovely kind of feel-good moment mm-hmm. to have everyone chipping in and just the kind of surprise on Morgan's face as <laughs> all these people have suddenly come to his side to help him. I was just like, yeah, that's really nice. And even, you know when Strand and John are waiting for Alicia and Charlie to come back, I really enjoyed the two of them just kind of discussing, you know, John Dory saying, you know, he can't quite bring himself to be optimistic about it. And I liked what Strand was saying about, you know, seeing Alicia there with Charlie almost gives him his impetus to forgive Charlie and Mm -hmm. to move on and gives him hope, which I thought was just a really nice way of looking at it. Yeah. I think that was the way there, the show's way of getting strand back in the game. Cause I think that though he obviously feels his own grief for Nick, cause they, you know, they were friends and it it was quite an important friendship because it sort of set the whole chain of events in motion. I think in that sort of situation, you would kind of be led by the person's, family you know you would be led by if they if they want to forgive and they can forgive then who am i yeah. to, to not do that and he had had that interaction with charlie before when she came to their place and he, he in that moment he was like uh you know alicia i forget what he said but i think it was the sentiment was like hey you know alicia's around here you killed her brother she's not gonna want to see you so then next time she sees he sees charlie she's with alicia so i was like okay yeah Exactly. It's um, it it was just nice. I think they they're bringing out good sides of each other in the group at the moment. I liked Strand and John together very much. Um, Me too. Their collective they're a great action. Team. That bit where he threw the booze on his wound yes. was so funny. <laughs> this <laughs> might get like, infected. Okay. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Strand's just like. Hee-hee. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, but I um, think they're a great pair because, uh, for one, the two actors are great, and mm-hmm. two, they have a certain, uh, I don't know, energy almost in common in that they, uh, at times, are joyous about the world. And, yeah. And so that is something they have in common, but they're also very different because uh, John is so guileless and yeah. Strand is the opposite in that way. So it's really interesting to see how they interact. And they're I funny. Think they're both, I think they're both poets, but I think mm-hmm. like Strand is almost like a beatnik modernist poet, and I think <laughs> that John Dory is like He's an a cowboy 18th poet. century cowboy yeah. poet. Yeah, so they have they both have that kind of poetic temperament yeah. of, you know, life's great beauty and great sorrow, and, mm-hmm. you know, but John Dory would probably write like simple rhyming poetry and strand would write like really edgy verse (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i could see them both really admiring each other yeah i think they i it's funny because after their kind of buddy up episode which i discussed with emily which was great um i really i liked it but there was part of me that was like they're good together but i was kind of expecting a bit more but this kind of gave me that i was like oh they're getting comfortable with one another and yeah i'm excited there to were see some where funny moments that was one um 
the thing I was the most bummed about about not being able to be on that episode. I can't yeah. remember what they were now, but I wanted to point out some of the funny dialogue between the two of them. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. They were absolutely, there was some really, and that I think continued into this episode. Mm-hmm. I think there were some really funny moments here as well. But yeah, the group working together was just really, really affirming. I thought it worked well. Um, and it made me buy into these people all being in a group together because I think you're right at this, after Madison's death, it was a moment of like, how are we, how do they, how is this going to make sense? Why are these people going to want to be together? You know, why would this group continue on in that way? And I like the idea that Morgan is the connective tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and going loved... through that little caper of saving him, I mean, sometimes all it takes to really bond with a group of friends is to do something together like that. Absolutely. You know? And I loved the way his face lit up when John was on the walkie. I was like, Meh. um but even strand who's at best i would say indifferent to morgan like the two of them have not really interacted very much at this point and i just think um yeah it was just nice to see them all united in that so for me that was a real high point awesome okay let's talk about martha oh martha martha i think it was uh, mofevo who predicted that martha would need help but i just love the moment i think the show's funnier now which is cool but i liked when uh, alicia kept screaming a couple of times we can help you and it's like i don't need help that's like the worst thing you can say to this chick (laughs) if you want to get killed just Uh, say that so that was funny yeah i love that the the moment in the episode that I mean, this actress does such a great job of being creepy. And I found her, I think, the most creepiest in one particular moment. I have a clip here, but she just seemed... Well, I'll just play the clip. Here goes. I remember what Morgan said on the walkie before you shot him. One to find you, one to help you. That's why you're here. When you see him, you can thank him. He'll be thanking me. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Just that smile and how dirty she is. And she's like got, it's like she knows something. She yeah. She's so sure of herself. And that fucking creepy laugh. Yeah. And it's also because she's so almost kind of sugary sweet in some ways like mm-hmm. she seems like just a cute kind of like oh you're like someone's auntie and then it's like oh wait nope nope it's nope, dark nope. and then yeah. i it, like that smile it's almost like the joker or something and then the camera lingers on her and it resolves into this really intense look so yeah it's yeah like, it's definitely really creepy so yeah the the question is it seems like she's got something really particular in mind um Mm. She's talking about Morgan there, and at the end of the episode, she says to Zombie Jim, you're strong now, let's go make him strong too, which suggests maybe she's going to try and kill Morgan. But I also feel like that, you know, she's keyed into his uh, dark side, and I just think that she's going to try to get under his skin somehow and, and unravel him psychologically. Yes, Absolutely. Um, I think you're right. I loved as well, she says, who is she talking to? It might be Alicia. She talks about them having broken her chain. And 
I oh yeah, that's right. That yeah, I didn't know is, what she meant by that. Because I wondered about this earlier. If she has like a chain of walkers in the sense that she keeps a walker until she finds another one who mm. means something to her or represents something, then she bites them, ditches the old one, takes the new one. I'm probably not explaining this hugely well. So no, I like, get it. Yeah. Yeah, she started off with one, maybe her husband, probably wasn't her husband because he was like stuck in the car but yeah she starts with one then they bite someone then she takes the person they've bitten and so on and so forth so it's almost like the chain is starting again with jimbo um and that's kind of creepy i don't like that yeah it's it's weird it's interesting yeah so i like the idea of significant zombies again kind of like an evil michonne (laughs) right because she had her two buddies yeah she did indeed all right what's your number two there was a particular exchange that I really enjoyed that I'm going to make my number two, um, which is when Sarah and Jimbo are speaking to one another and she just gives him this really searing takedown of his character where she says he's someone who fills every room he walks into with a philosophical fart. Which yeah, is quite, I love that. I've, I've met people like that and yeah, it's annoying. I know. <laughs> so you should get called out on that. It's funny. So I enjoyed that and it was an example of some of the dialogue that did work in this episode yeah that was a highlight for me was that particular exchange i thought it highlighted (laughs) the rattiness of his character and the practicality of hers and was just kind of a nice it was a nice kind of conflict that didn't escalate into anything you know earth shattering or game changing but it was just a nice character moment for both of them so i'll have that as my number two i think nice Okay, let's see. Mine is John Dory. Uh, have we already? I think we already. Yeah, talked about. Yep, everything related to that. I mean, I guess the only other thing is, you know, now that John and June are back together as a couple, I could imagine them, the show going on with that for a little while. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be forever. I think one of them will die. It could be next week or it could be at the end of next season, but I think it's coming. Yeah. I mean, you can't be happy in the zombie apocalypse. It's just physically impossible. But then if they want to surprise us, they could, I mean, the other thing too is just with TV shows, when two characters who have, have this will there, won't they? And then they couple off, then they tend to get kind of boring and the best shows are good at making couples interesting, but it's harder I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's difficult, isn't it? Because the will they won't they dynamic is, is gone. It's such a trope in TV, isn't it? And once you're there, you're suddenly like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, even like Glenn and Maggie, like, Glenn got yeah. boring after they I, got I together. I agree, but yeah, yeah, no, he did. Yeah. It's There's only so much you can do with a happy relationship. <laughs> can't, can't even sustain that much sort of storytelling in that sense yeah we got to think of some good tv and movie couples where they've actually been able to do you know stay interesting but we'll we'll come back to you on that so what's your number one (laughs) i was gonna talk about callbacks to season one of Mm -hmm. the main show of the walking dead um I wasn't sure. Part of me thought visually there were a lot, but when I went back and tried to kind of put my finger on them, I couldn't quite grasp them in the way that I wanted to. I was like, I feel like there are callbacks here, but is it just because they're on a roof and because for some reason they're dressing Charlie up like Carl? Like I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm not. We had a lot sure. of that last week. 
Um, yeah. But I don't, yeah, this week, I don't know if there were a lot of new things that we didn't already talk about. Maybe there were, but mm. I didn't, I wasn't really uh, keyed in on that. I wondered if some of it was maybe ways things could have gone better or, you know, like it, it's a similar situation, but it's not as hopeless. So, you know, they're on a vehicle surrounded by zombies, but there's a group of them and they get out of it because they're all helping one another. Whereas when we saw that similar setup in the pilot episode, Rick does get helped by Glenn, but he's very much on his own in the moments before that. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if it was maybe emphasizing the, ensemble nature of the show more than the yeah. kind of individuals i mean also i think uh, this is related but someone in the emails later i think points out that it's similar to uh season four in the middle of season four when the governor comes with his tanks and blows up the prison and everybody scatters and then the oh, last of course, yeah. half of the season they're all apart and kind of coming back together it kind of feels a bit like that the whole mm-hmm. last half of the season. And that did pay off so much when they all get reunited at Terminus. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of dialogue about whether splitting people up or keeping the group together is better. And I think it's just it's so difficult to call because when we have the groups split up, we complain that we don't see enough of one person or it's all bottle episodes and we don't like it. <laughs> Whereas when the group's all together, we're like, there's too many people. I don't understand. Yeah. Why are we spending time with no, all these I, people? I dig so- it. And in this um, case, it's really core to the show because now that the show has changed, I already mentioned this, but the characters don't necessarily, they're not as closely bonded. So it no. makes sense. Even when they were, um, they could easily have stuck together like in episode nine, they were kind of drifting <laughs> apart, you know, and, Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense that they would be all sort of drifting apart. And now it took this event to bring them together. It, it makes a little more sense, I guess. I think you're right. I, I totally agree with that. So yeah, my number one was that it had me thinking a little bit about the similarities and the dissimilarities between the two shows, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because I think they are becoming distinctly different things. And some of the frustrations I feel are when they try and be too similar or don't stray far enough from that kind of initial vision of what Fear the Walking Dead would be and the reality of what The Walking Dead actually is now. So it was interesting to see that. And I think I just felt that in this group, they're well balanced in a way that sometimes we don't get maybe on the main show with the group there Mm -hmm. because, you know, you've got your big characters your fan favorites, you know, there's just, there's not quite that sort of equality between them. So for me, that was a, a, a highlight. Yeah. I think I like that, the balance. And I think it helps that it's a smaller cast for sure. And we've had time to get to know all of them individually, mm-hmm. I think, which helps a lot in terms of how we bond with them. And I think that's one of the things that drew Lenny James to the show, not just being the lead character, but just being one of fewer characters. So he would have more, screen time and more time to develop and i think he's doing such like his acting is so nuanced i was watching this the bit where he there's a particular bit where he stumbles over words that he's saying yes it's when he wants so they've just spoken about how the i can't even think of what to call it the ladder is shy Mm. of where it needs to be and he's kind of trying to persuade Jimbo to come with him, but he can't quite find the words and he can't quite 
express himself and it was just so naturalistic in the way that he found it a bit awkward and he wasn't able to articulate it I just thought that's so you know Lenny James is such a gifted actor that he can play these short moments these small fleeting moments with that kind of emphasis and that kind of you know gravitas that makes you remember them and makes you think about you know everything that Morgan's been through and where he is in that moment and you know, empathise with that and believe in it because I think sometimes when we get the new characters in the main show, we just you know, someone like Judas, we just stop giving a fuck because they're not nuanced they're <laughs> ridiculous she will be more, I think, I think so, yeah I mean, that's opening up now um, but, but yeah, yeah, it made me appreciate Lenny yeah. James in that moment and seeing that same character in two different contexts again, that highlights the similarities and the differences between the shows so, relationship to the main show would be my, my number one any chance you can get over here to the States next month? Because <laughs> we're having Walker yes. Stalker Atlanta. And uh, man, <gasps> there's going to be a lot of fear people. And I think we're going to split it up into two and have some of the newer cast members on one panel. So that'll be like John Dory and June and oh. Morgan. Oh. <laughs> no. It would be so cool to co-moderate so that Oh, God, if only. And then it'll then be he- uh, Madison and Strand and I think Luciana. Madison, oh, together. if someone could, you know, I don't know, wire me, go like, fund you three thousand dollars. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you find like a teleporter or something, let me know. I will. I'll let you know. I'll okay. definitely let you know. <laughs> like the TARDIS. Okay. Uh, my number one is Department of Suspension of Disbelief, aka Ridiculous Things, which I oh, thought, there's a few. Yeah, <laughs> what are the chances that a car alarm would still work even for a minute? I'd Twice. say zero. Twice. What are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Less than zero. Yeah. Uh, uh, the water depth. <laughs> um, oh God. I mean, they were like swimming around, and then all of a sudden, uh, next week the truck comes through and it's about three feet deep. Okay, fine. Maybe in hurricanes, there's a flood and then it goes down quickly. Right. But then if that's the case, then, well, they could just wait around another day and it seems like they would be able to get out of there. Wasn't that more about the gator? Yeah. I mean the gator. Yes. They, you don't want to go in even three deep, three feet deep water with killer gators around. But I guess I'm just saying if, Okay, people I uh, saw online were saying, you know, that's the way um, storms go is like the water level goes down. Then that for me just kind of totally lowers the tension because then I think, well, then they could just wait another two days and they could probably find some place where the water has Uh gone down all the way and they could walk off. I don't know. It just seemed a little, didn't it seem a little like, what? It did. I was a bit like, (laughs) oh, cool. Swap vans can float. And then I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and then when charlie suggests that they see okay so charlie i'm really trying to come around on charlie and i i pretty much have because she's just a kid and and you know from her perspective nick killed somebody that was kind of her caretaker uh but still there's that streak in me that's like you killed my favorite character off this show so when she suggests that they use that big like iron sink to save strand and john and yeah. alicia's like well we need something that floats i'm like yeah you little dumbass come on <laughs> sake charlie god <laughs> jesus god you're good for nothing uh the walkie talkie stuff i mean it was so crucial to this episode but it just gets to me a little bit how 
they conveniently can talk to anyone when they need to, even though some of them are in Austin and others are at some seemingly far away place. And yet they don't mm-hmm. hear each other when it's convenient to the plot that they don't. Uh-huh. For sure. I was like, oh, well, they're on top of a building, I guess. But then I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when Morgan, he didn't want Jim to jump. I'm like, well, he's bitten. Like, would you really be that concerned? I guess Morgan feels guilty. So he's a little yeah. irrational. But I would sort of, if it was me, I'd be like, eh, if you want to do that, might as well. <laughs> mm, I think you're right. You know? Uh, what else? They found this machine that raises people up and the generator's humming. That seemed a little convenient. Uh, yeah, that was definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's it. Also, Jimbo jumped with his walkie-talkie. I would have got it off him before he jumped. I mean, maybe that's really heartless. Like, I know you're about to throw yourself off a building, but could I have the walkie-talkie Can you toss that down? Wait, hold on. Yeah, can you just just throw that over there, please? Um... Yeah, I've written down destroy the walkie-talkie at least. That for some reason that really annoyed me. Can't imagine why. Um, and also the the sense of distance. I mean, this is a problem in the main show as well. Is like how far apart are things? Where are people? Is it realistic that they would be able to bump into the same person? I know. And yeah, like I was like, so All they've the managed time. to get get John and Strand, pick up the filthy woman, head to the hospital, and it barely even looks like lunchtime. Like, what's going on yeah. here, you know? And that was the good thing about the Terminus, is that they had put up all those signs to follow the railroad, so it made a little more sense that people would Yeah, you there. could kind of ration that out mm-hmm. in your head. You're like, well, yeah, they would all find signs, and that's why Terminus, the termites were evil geniuses, because they played on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, dis- disbelief was suspended for large parts of this episode. Okay, any notes? Uh, just a couple. Uh, I mentioned that Charlie looks like Carl. Uh, the opening card this episode was it was night time, uh, and we saw the car alarm and the city skyline, which was cool. I'm wondering if you put all these cards in order, if this season takes, like, the cards cover a day, if we go from, like, dawn, or if we've gone through a couple of days, because they seem to be arbitrary as to what time of day they're set at and this episode wasn't really a nighttime one until the very end so mm-hmm. yeah I'm a bit I'm intrigued by that I think was it you that told me the the two show owners used to work on once upon a time oh yeah someone told us this. Yeah. Oh, was it Kristen yeah, maybe that was it and and in uh-huh. the, the opening scene sequence there would just give a clue to something in the episode I think it's more about that just like having something to do with something that's in the episode versus being Absolutely. something that you could string all together. I could be wrong. I enjoyed that Sarah referred to the C word as the full quesadilla. <laughs> that <was quite laughs> See funny. that moment there to me, um, sometimes those two characters border on being a little too comic booky or cartoony. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I couldn't decide. I'm like, I think uh Sarah might be the kind of woman who would just use the C word, but maybe the (laughs) fact that she isn't is actually indicative of her character in an interesting way versus just being a kind of throwaway funny line. Abrasive. Yeah. (laughs) I I enjoyed when John said to Charlie, we talking now? And she smiled at him. I was like, that's very cute. Yeah. Nice moment. I did I did feel for Charlie and Wendell as well at the end when they were all sitting listening to this amazing beer recipe and the two of them were very near all the zombies with an open window. <laughs> I was just thinking they right. must just be thinking like, I don't fucking care. Like, get yeah. me out of here. Seriously. Um that was about 
it actually for my notes we covered almost everything in our main chat how about you yeah same the only thing is i just thought i would mention i read we were wondering what city and i think it's austin and okay that the city skyline they um decayed it with computer graphics but it's austin oh i think i saw a headline about this like how the walking dead created post-apocalyptic austin or something yeah Yeah, i haven't read it yet but that makes okay cool all right awesome i think yeah i I like the as usual like the episode even more than i did when we started yeah me too so let's take a little break there's more to come stay with us speed is a drag it's a big big drag set your mind on fire make your organs sag coke is a joke rather take a toke than be broken and a choking with your brain cells smoking tripping on acid makes you flaccid dmt too rich for me heroin aquarium a nice pine box to bury in marijuana makes me wanna eat candy and eat madonna with her hair bleached by peroxide huffing on some nitrous oxide Is a nice cold bear, 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 We love bear. Anyone else getting a new phone this year? Did you, do you like, are you on the phone upgrade cycle or how do you do that? Oh, the UK is a bit different. I think we, we do have upgrade cycles, but I think for some reason, I think contracts are slightly cheaper over here. Um, But I'm currently on. Uh, sim only so i'm rocking my old iphone at the moment uh, which what number i think it's a 6s i've got okay not too bad Mm. um jenny had a six and Mm -hmm. she usually waits a lot longer than me but she's been noticing how great my photos look lately this is an ad ad, by the way people in case you didn't realize um but uh (laughs) so she i think she's gonna upgrade and um I, i mean it's true like the the camera technology has just really gone by leaps and bounds over the last couple of years and you can take really beautiful pictures and guess what one amazing way to showcase these pictures are fracture (gasps) yeah (laughs) which is your photos printed on a pane of glass in this really beautiful presentation they look great they're really sleek they're modern but they're minimal so they don't get in the way of the real star of the show which is your picture which i really love i like something that looks cool and sleek but mostly stays out of the way it's Mm -hmm. kind of my style most of the time um the two use cases i always think of with fracture are warming up your home or your office with personal photos of things that you want to be reminded of. And I, I'm especially interested if listeners have been to a Walker Stalker con at this point or another convention and had one of these photo ops and uh, with the actors and then gotten a fracture of that. I think that would be pretty cool. I think that's a really cool way of doing it. It ties your fandom together neatly. (laughs) Or, but the other way, and I think is most even more compelling to a lot of people is gifts because it's so hard to know what to get people half the time. I think more Mm -hmm. and more too, as you get older, but also these days people just order what they want off Amazon. And I mean, I don't know. People don't just get everything they want, but it's just hard to know what to get someone. And so one of these little fractures is a really good surprise um, for your family members or your friends that you've shared experiences with. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, wow, that's really special. It's a special thing to get someone. And 
if you have someone in your life that has a birthday coming up or something, get them a fracture. Their eyes will light up when they open this. They're really nice. They're so unique. Yeah. And they're so, I, I just, I can't sing the praises enough of these wee desktop ones. They're just so perfect. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're just, they're a really nice way to brighten up your desk. And they're so different and they're eye catching. And they're sleek as well. You know, sometimes yeah. when you get a frame, it really bulks it up and you don't, you know, especially with like square framed photos like the kind you would maybe save on instagram they come out really well in this particular setting yeah it's really nice well fracture another thing i love about them they're a green company they have a carbon neutral factory they're out of gainesville florida and just it's just a great company great product so if you decide you want to get one for yourself or for somebody else go to fractureme.com slash dead and you'll get a discount if it's your first fracture that's fractureme.com slash dead thanks fracture thank you fracture obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens the people it kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking dead cast news update all right speaking of all messed up this last friday all the telltale employees got called to a meeting in which they were told that telltale was closing down <gasps> and no! they all had 30 minutes to leave and no severance pay what crazy right there's 25 employees who have stayed on because they're contractually bound to finish uh minecraft story mode which my son loves um but Man, it was just messed up. Like I read that one guy had just quit Microsoft a week before to work at Telltale. Like, <gasps> what the fuck? Why? Why did so this why, happen in that way? Where why has this happened? The higher any- ups knew, must have known that something was happening, but the people got no warning. They're like encouraged. You better find a job before the end of this month, or you know, I mean, that, maybe that wasn't how, but they said your health and insurance is going to expire at the end of this month, which is just like a week Crap. away. Uh, I think it. Oh, they the CEO said something about the sales of the walking dead game were not as high as they expected, but still to get to that, that point, can't, that doesn't justify that level of, yeah. So there's all wow. these articles out about how over time, you know, um, over the last several years, telltale has become a, a, a grind because walking dead was so successful that they started Batman, game of Thrones, uh, borderlands, mine, uh, minecraft that they just really, went full steam ahead and so there was never any breaks it was all crunch time all the time yeah. seven days a week 12 16 hour days or whatever god i loved that game of thrones game as well yeah. that was one of the best games i've ever played and um, i mean the walking dead one's brilliant as well but the game of thrones one was particularly um good that's just awful i that's... mean the good thing yeah like with game of thrones they they you uh, that really reaffirmed to me okay these people are really trying to figure out what is special about each one of these uh, properties and put that into the uh-huh. game. So with Walking Dead, like for example, it was about getting into these situations where you had to decide well, if somebody's caught in a bear trap, zombies are coming, do you saw off their leg to get them out or do you run away? Mm-hmm. Like these, and you have to decide really fast, these quick, horrible decisions. With game of Thrones, it was like a lot about the backstabbing and 
Uh, oh yeah, there was there was um I think it's the same for most of the games. There's like turning point decisions that yeah. would affect and the the game actually ended on a turning point and I was always hoping they would make a second they were supposed like, to a second season. Yeah. And also it was like uh not to spoil too much, but you know how Game of Thrones is like characters that you think are the main characters aren't around for the whole game kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> there was one point we were playing it in parallel and um I actually got ahead of my partner on it and we had to make I think if you played it you'll know the particularly awful choice near the end. And yeah. I was just like, I can't actually talk to you until you've played it because I'm too <laughs> I'm too shaken up by it. But that I mean, there must be something else going on at Telltale. Like that can't be Well, yeah. Oh, I mean they they had to lay off uh twenty five percent of their people last year and the CEO left and this new guy from Zynga came on and it's just been a bit tumultuous with them, but nobody expected yeah. this. Like, uh, so, you know, you guys know Melissa Hutchison who does the voice of Clementine. She has been a part of this podcast and she'll be on again uh, at mm-hmm. some point. She was really hit by this. She, I, I texted her like, Oh, Oh, I just heard about telltale. And she was like, I'm broken. She was really upset. And so she just posted something on Twitter like the next day, it's, uh, I'll read some of it to you. She goes, I've written and rewritten in my head over a thousand times the things I want to say to express my grief over the closure of Telltale Games. I wanted to speak out yesterday, but my heart was too broken for words. I do want you to know that I've seen and read all the messages of love sent out to me and the beautiful souls of Telltale Games. These messages are proof that there's always light in the darkest of days, so thank you. I unfortunately, like most of you, do not have the details on how this all came to be. And I also do not know the fate of the final season of The Walking Dead. So anyone who's into The Walking Dead games knows that they were right in the middle of the final season starring Clementine. Episode one had been released. Uh, She goes on, to my knowledge, they will release episode two and then that will be it. It hurts me that you, the fans, will not get to see Clem's journey through to the end. It hurts me that all of the insanely talented people who made this game won't get to see all their hard work played out and are instead thrust into now having to look for work. The Wolf Among Us won't be made. So uh, she doesn't know for sure. I mean, I, uh, well, I was like, Melissa can, uh, you know, they sell it to somebody else, another game company to finish up, but she doesn't know. I asked her if there's anything else she wanted me to say when we talked about this on this episode. And she said, just please give a big old thank you from me to all the game fans that might be listening. And in general, people who've supported me, gamers or not. That's oh, it. it's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. I mean, some, that's some mismanagement. It has to be. It sounds like it just sounds like someone's been caught. I don't know. Someone's been caught short doing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then I read actually today, just before uh, we started recording, that I think there. I just caught the headline and skimmed it, but there's like a class action lawsuit because apparently employees are supposed to get sixty days notice or something like that. So. Yeah, you'd hope so. See what happens. Yeah. I mean, there was somebody up at 3 a.m. the night before working on a project. <laughs> oh, that's crappy news. I'm so sorry yeah, to hear that. Sorry, yeah. But I felt like, you know, we've had a relationship with Melissa and, you know, we've talked about oh, those for games sure. a lot. We, we interviewed the two of the main creators of the game before it ever came out and just felt like we should talk about it. 
Mm. All right, next, uh, Entertainment Weekly talked with Shamless and Goldberg. This is one I thought was interesting. They said, do you have the recipe for Jim's beer? Because I couldn't hear what Jim said to Sarah. Andrew Shamless says, that is for Jim and Sarah to know. And I guess us, if you really want to make Jim's beer, you're going to have to keep watching. I think Martha's going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe we'll learn the secret ingredient. Maybe. I hope so. It'd be good to know. (laughs) Blood. Uh, Next quick one. Walking Dead season eight is now available on Netflix, which they tend to do a couple of weeks before the next season premieres. Oh, so. that means it comes on now TV over here, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. All you holdouts. Yeah, right. I uh, just read this one today. Andrew Lincoln told Entertainment Weekly he will be back on set, I think, in the back half of season nine to shadow a director. And then his intention is to direct in season 10. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Great. They asked him, you know, why? He says, I can't be that far away because I can't bear it. That's how much I'm invested in the show and the continuation no. of the story. <laughs> so he's been away for a while. You know, he, he finished his last scenes and I think he's like, I got to come back and do something. Well, why don't you direct? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, bless him. Right. That's so sweet. He's such a great guy. <laughs> oh, that'll be good. And then last, uh, this is a little bit of a downer too, but since, you know, the ratings have been steadily going down this season and they were a little above 2 million on average in season three. Now they're a little below 2 million per episode. Mm. So uh, I can't say overall that it was the best decision to do this big shakeup. I mean, yeah, I think there's been a lot of good things about it, but I, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't keep saying this, but I'll say it one more time. I really wish they would have just given one more season to Dave Erickson to see yeah. what would have happened. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I do think that would have been more interesting. I mean, we wouldn't have had this great cinematography with the zombies and the look of the show. We wouldn't have had John Dory. So there's a lot of great things that have come out of it. Well, I could just think of two. But anyway, there's those two things. I think if we hadn't lost Madison and Nick, it wouldn't have felt so stark. But it's the I fact know. that we did lose them and it's just like, mm, was yeah. it worth it, you know? Yeah, you're right. Like if they would have, like Nick, he just, uh, Frank Delane left. So, mm-hmm. all right, fine. You, you know, Nick's my favorite, but you want to leave, leave. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kim Dickens didn't want to go. Yep. So I think it, that that's would have, hard would have helped a lot if they would have just kept her around. Yeah, no, that that is hard. And I think there was actually an article came out this week in Den of Geek. I think it was with Chandler Riggs uh, kind of saying some similar stuff about not wanting to leave his mm-hmm. role as uh, Carl. And it's, it's hard when the actors don't want to. I just I really yeah, I do feel that bleeds over sometimes into our interpretation of what's happening on the screen i think it does cloud it in that sense yeah like even um steven young he was at least he said okay with what happened with glenn i mean he he probably was kind of ready for it because it was the same as in the comics so that would made it easier to take for me i i think i i yeah i just went really scottish there yeah (laughs) but i think he um he also said you know when he read glenn's death originally he was like this is what i want you know, it would be wrong for Glenn to go out in any other way. And whether right. he was just saying that for, you know, to ease the pain of having to leave. Sure. I do think there are, 
there's maybe a truth to that as well in terms of being true to the character and to the the source material yeah Mm. okay let's move on to listener moans groans and grunts all right fran bernstein says i'm at the point now where i love the characters especially sarah and wendell but the storyline is terrible so it's everyone against martha all of them can't handle a middle-aged woman that's the main plot and al seriously she is the only one whose walkie-talkie battery died after all the long conversations between the others and everyone else's is good other than that What's the plot line? I hate to be a downer. Storyline, thumbs down, 0 out of 10. Characters, thumbs up, 10 out of 10. <laughs> eye roll face, eye roll face, eye roll face, sassy emoji. <laughs> well, I think the jury's out. Like, I'm I'm really interested. It's, it's interesting to me sometimes when one unlikely character can cause a lot of trouble. So mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful that It'll be really interesting to see what happens with Martha next week. But we'll see. Mm. Alicia Stout says, Alicia drove through that lake in the SWAT van and it looked to be like it was only three feet deep. So all this time, Strand and John could have walked through the water on the other side? Well, shit on a stick. Pretty darn lucky that Jimbo landed on a minivan that just happened to have a car alarm, eh? She's doing our suspension disbelief. I loved how Martha wrote the beer recipe on poor Jimbo's face. Yeah, I mean, even in three feet deep water, if you have these crazy gators, you don't want to go. Well, Robin Springer on that note says, once the water crests after a hurricane, it drops quite fast. Hurricane facts. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Josh Svianovich says anyone else notice the back half of season four mirrors the back half of season four of the walking dead yeah i stole this from john josh (laughs) after the governor attacks and essentially destroys the prison our group suffers a terrible loss herschel slash madison and is scattered to the wind we then get a series of bottle episodes as our characters work toward a destination that will ultimately unite them before the season's end yep Mm. brett swain says it's good But one of the main things that bothers me is Alicia's development. She's currently my favourite to watch on the show, but when she said on the walkie-talkie that, Morgan, you told me to help people, so that's what I'm doing. I know Morgan and Alicia have some sort of bond, but she should have said her mum's name. I don't know, maybe it's just the way it sounded, but it just didn't sound like Alicia to me. Alicia is really the only character now who can live on with Madison's legacy, but I feel like the writers are changing her to escalate Morgan. Mm. Maybe, yeah. I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think it might have just been her f- feeding into the moment, but yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying too. Sure. Leanne Hicks says, alert the Department of Suspension of Disbelief. I did get a kick. (laughs) I did get a kick out of the callbacks to the first few episodes of The Walking Dead. I do care about these characters, but I feel like the writers pissed away most of the season just so they could eventually get on their way to Virginia for the last episode. Ah, They're not going to Virginia. The Gators will get them first. Yeah. Gator attack. (gasps) (laughs) Aaron Maynard says, pretty good episode, sad about Jimbo. Love the actor from 12 Monkeys. I was really hoping he would be a regular. Mm. Yeah, me too. Uh, He had a George Costanza vibe. One of my favorite Mm. all-time characters. 
<laughs> Evan Brookman says, okay, so the situation is dire. Certainly that must almost always be the case within the zombie apocalypse, surrounded by the undead horde, closing on all sides. But let's all take a moment to engage Momo via radio and literally talk him down from the roof. In my reality, please don't be offended. This conversation goes something like this. Hey, mofucker, we came back for you. Get your ass down here. Uh, before we get pinned down and eaten end of discussion all the nice sentiment can go down later please <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, robin springer again says i liked the episode and thought there were some tense moments thought morgan was a goner when that walker came through the glass and grabbed him and i really thought for a minute that alicia was going to get the truck stuck in the water it bordered a little too close to blatant sentimentality at the end but i got choked up over jim sacrificing himself yeah same Susie Kolskar says, I really enjoyed this episode. It was nice to see the group back together again. Definitely reminiscent of the main show when they were all separated and then worked together to escape Terminus. Yep. Mm. Ricky Henley says, I didn't like it and I haven't liked much of this season's writing. Even when I put that aside and try to enjoy the actors and actresses, it's so very difficult. They, wear, they waste so much time dragging out storylines that I'm often angry that they're doing something that doesn't make sense. The writing definitely declined for me. I can't blame you for feeling that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mo Favo says, how many actors are totally jealous of Aaron Stanford's getting to do a zombie for a whole additional episode? Not many guest actors get that opportunity. So I guess she's talking about next week, which mm. yeah, I think that is cool. I think it's interesting how few uh, of the actors or the characters who die end up zombified. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy that played Quinn also got some zombie time, which was good. <laughs> right, right. Um, Elizabeth Nikolaevich says, Fear the Walking Dead is still a show about family as evidence through working together to help each other with forgiveness and strength. The antithesis of serial killer typhoid Mary is a metaphor. Negative attitudes are contagious and can spread like wildfire. Excellent episode. Well put. Yeah. Couple of calls here. Uh, we've got a couple of regulars. Steve brown here we go steve hello walking dead cast this is steve and just had a couple interesting things to say about uh i lose people i really loved the the camera shots in this they had some really interesting views they had that shot through the cinder block and then uh, at the beginning with the zed walking toward the camera that was pretty cool i, I really like the way they were doing some of the shooting and some of the camera work um they had a lot of like blurry foreground folk in focus background or background uh, blurry and then in focus uh, foreground shots uh, again I really like that as a photographer I, I used to do that a lot I used to love to show the the different perspectives of that of, of something blurry uh, in the front of the shot and then clear mm. in the back and then show the same shot opposite way so I thought that was pretty cool um I uh <laughs> the Strand and Alicia reunion uh was great. It wasn't super emotional, wasn't it was exactly what you would expect from those two. Uh they just kind of a high and uh, they just went on. Um John mentions infection and I I wanna say again, I don't think anyone actually has ever gotten an infection, an actual infection on the show. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I mean, you could go back to maybe Carl in the first couple seasons when he got shot, but but I just think no one has ever had actually had a real infection on the show. So it's it's funny they still bring that up. Yeah. And 
just interesting to see where they go from here and uh, how they're going to close this season out. Um, thanks. Uh, one thing I want to add just personally is I hope they don't bring the show to Alexandria. I hope we we get to see them on the road maybe for even you know a full season or so uh taking taking them to get from uh, texas to virginia if that's what they're eventually going to do but i i really i want to get back to seeing a show that's on the road again yeah i like on the road the show kind of like you know in the beginning the first episode of this season where morgan got to Texas within the span of one episode, I think that kind of set a unfortunate precedent because, mm. you know, you expect that they could do the same thing going in reverse, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. All right. Last call, Emily Reeves. Woo. Hey guys, what's up? It's Emily from Arizona. Uh, thanks for having me on a couple of weeks ago. It was super fun and Lucy made it so easy because she's such a sweetheart mm-hmm. and she's so easy to talk to. So thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I just wanted to give you guys some of my thoughts about a few characters. Uh, first of all, Al, I was sad to see that she wasn't in this episode. She's turning into be being one of my favorite characters. Uh, she's such a warrior. She's super tough. I can't wait to hear her backstory. I know some people are getting impatient with that, but um, I'm okay with that. I think it's absolutely realistic to not want to talk about yourself or certain situations that you've been in. I mean, there's certainly things that I wouldn't want to talk about, and it takes a lot for me to open up about certain things. So I think it's perfectly reasonable that we would see this in some of the characters. And also there's plenty of other story that they're knee deep into right now. So I'm okay with waiting, but I can't wait to hear the backstory. Um, Also with June, I I know she wasn't very likable when we first met her. She was very quick to bail out. And of course, she didn't score many points with the audience when she left John at the cabin. Um, But I think her character has been really impressing me lately. She's been very giving. Um, Last episode, she had a wound from a piece of metal stuck in her leg, but she was more concerned about checking if everyone else was okay. And I thought that was just amazing. She's been trying to be there for Morgan. And um, even when she was trying to get antibiotics for Al, she was being held at gunpoint and said, I can't let my friend die. So it was clear to me that she was more concerned for Al's well-being rather than mm-hmm. her own in that moment. And I thought that was amazing. So um, I'm starting to really like June's character. And as for Jim, um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that he said, uh, I got the quote here. It says, uh, it's hard because you have to give everything and it may not work out. Even if it does work out, you don't know if what you did really did make up for the other stuff. I thought that was funny because it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. Um, And he did give everything, but in my opinion, it really didn't make up for the other stuff. Um, I thought he was just a schmuck. But, you know, at the same time, it's sad to see him go because I think you need one of those in the group. It it makes it more entertaining that way. So anyway, uh, I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on it. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Oh, Emily. Yeah, I think what she said about June is 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 good. June's been mm-hmm. totally selfless lately. 
Exactly. Yeah, she's been she's been a good egg. Yeah, and I don't know. It makes me feel like okay. Why is it that I have so much patience for Jim being flawed and fallible, and yet I wasn't really that on board with June's character? Is it just because of their gender? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, but... that's a big can of worms there, man. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, I want to explore it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. like there are definitely, uh, like Martha, she's evil, and I'm pretty captivated by her. So. Uh, I don't know. And even um, Madison, uh, this season, I felt like she was a totally different character. But in mm. seasons past, she's she had darkness, had darkness. She? And I was pretty captivated by it. So I hope that's not the case. I don't think it was just a gender thing. But uh, yeah, it's interesting though to, to mm. think about it, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Okay. And we have a couple more messages here just to uh, their kind of going into stuff that happened in the comic a little bit and predicting Rick's fate. So if you don't want to, you know, have any potential spoilers about that, it's just uh, speculation, but it talks about the comic. So if you don't want to hear that, you should just skip to the end right now. So uh, is it my turn? I think it is. Yeah. Shane yep. per year says, I have a theory about how Rick is going to exit. I'll be super vague about it since I don't, want to potentially spoil anything i'll just say this for you comic book readers remember what happened at the festival (laughs) what do you you think so we know i guess if you're a comic reader you know what that means yeah um yeah i don't know well why don't you read josh's response to that uh huh, for sure. Um, so Josh Savanovich says, I've thought that same ending for Rick, maybe replacing one or two other characters that we may get to spend more time with instead. However, some of the responses I've gotten to floating this year would be that that ending for Rick would be way too violent, even beyond Glenn, Abe, and Lucille. And while I'm of the mindset that the, wed- the ending would be galvanizing and close the door on the character in an epic and heartbreaking way, I think AMC already feels they lose the gamble. They lost the gamble once, and they're unlikely to try it again. In the comics, there was a few years between Something to Fear and the Whisperer War, but season seven and season seasons nine are not that far removed from one another. He means just the shock of losing Glenn in the way that we did, and then uh, I think. And then losing, if we lost Rick yeah, with his head on a post. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're probably right, Josh. I, I feel like they're going to go the safe route and have him go out in some heroic act. I wonder if it's going to be more Andrea. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you up to date on the comic? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. So I was going to be like, well, fucking spoiler yeah. alert, because no, I, I wondered. For, to... for a second, I thought you were saying Andrew was going to come back. I was like, I don't think that no, would happen. No, <laughs> no, I um, get it. I wondered, God, how lame would that be if your last hallucination <laughs> in the Walking Dead world was friggin' Andrea? Um, yeah, but in the show, in the comic, she's obviously awesome. But yeah, just that kind of having the opportunity to sort of make amends with people and speak to everyone and yeah you know, the, the privilege of dying in a warm bed rather than they went they did know. that a little bit with carl yeah I, w- I thought they did touch on that a little bit yeah. with carl's death as well so like yeah i wonder but I wonder. Uh, uh but just yeah i i feel like he's gonna um yeah i don't think there'll just be rick normal and then all of a sudden he's dead i think he's it's you know which is kind of how it was with that sequence in mm-hmm. that he's talking about here 
but uh we'll see it would be a bold move for the show it yeah but the thing is i feel like what josh is getting at um and it's something i've literally i'm so glad shane and josh have spoken about this because it's something i've been wondering about as well um my i'm kind of with josh on that they may be replacing characters in that particular uh, yeah. lineup slash situation because there are some characters who I get the feeling are going to be around a little bit longer, and yeah. yeah, it's figuring out who you would put in that situation to have the same shock value or investment for well, readers. And okay, we're squarely in spoiler territory here, so yeah. don't listen if you don't want to hear who dies in the comic that may also die in the show. But if I had to guess, I would for some reason I think Rosita will still be one. Yeah, I think she will, but not as will. a kill. No, that's it. That's for me. I don't think yeah. Ezekiel's going to go because there's no... He, he's clearly he's got precious. some kind of... Yeah, he's too precious. He's too nice. And <laughs> he's got connections to characters who aren't in the comics. He's just too good on the show. I feel like at different. this point in the yeah, show, they exactly. don't want to lose... Like, in the comic, it's that's more about the impact on Michonne and Michonne's character, whereas they're right. not... You know, they're not... Right, which makes it... Maybe it would be Rick. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I'm trying to think. I think those are the only two characters in the show that are on that lineup. I don't remember who else besides those two. I'm just going yeah. to um, ah, Here we go. Right, I've got the list of people who die and are zombified. Um, Rosita, Josh, don't remember who he is. Olivia, who we've already lost. Mm-hmm. That's Ezekiel. it. Everyone else, yeah, it's just Ezekiel and Rosita. Um, okay. Yeah, everything yeah. else is is nobody we care about. <laughs> Carson, Doctor, well, he's dead as well. Yeah. So yeah, nobody, nobody. Yeah, so I think it could end up being Rick. I mean, I'm I'm sure they'll do that on the show. Yeah, I'd be bummed if I was Rosita because like way to get your death overshadowed. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that's kind of what happened to Abraham. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our show, episode 326. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. I think Strange Indeed is now covering Maniac, which I have yet to see, but uh, it looks really cool. And somebody said they didn't know what the hell was going on. So that's interesting. Uh, Excellent. That's when you need a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Next episode of this show will be the Fear the Walking Dead season finale, season four, episode 16, I Lose Myself, Mm. wherein Morgan goes crazy and kills everyone (laughs) amazing (laughs) (laughs) all right that's our show thanks for listening don't Don't get get bit bit, leanne Leanne hicks Hicks. all i want to do is drink beer for breakfast